This video is sponsored by Fide, a Catholic technology alternative to big tech companies. Fide provides email, calendar services, file, and collaborative options, forms for individuals, families, businesses, parishes, and nonprofit operations. Check out the link in the description box for more information. We have some breaking news here on the 5th of January, 2023. Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano, as expected, has released a homily on the passing of Benedict XVI. And it really does focus a lot on the reality of our judgments and things. But what it really does is says in ways that others will not say that Benedict's legacy involving Samorum Pontificum wasn't all sunshine and roses, that there was a conflict with Samorum Pontificum, that his legacy will often be really clouded by that conflict. It's honest without being uncharitable. It is an honest homily without being uncharitable, without necessarily slinging mud. And that is a good thing, I think. And he does address kind of the elephant in the room in this, which is the devastation caused by Vatican II and the conciliar revolution in the church. And he uses the word devastation to describe it. That is something that you're not seeing even from, you know, the Bishop Schneider, who had a statement that I'll have for you in a couple of days, or anybody else, this is a more honest take. With that, I will now give you the homily by Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano, which was published on Marco Tosati's website, Stilum Curiae, and I will try to put a link to it in the pinned comments below. Homily by Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano on the death of Pope Benedict XVI. Bitter is the day of the Lord. Even a brave man shouts it. A day of wrath that day a day of anguish and affliction, a day of ruin and extermination, a day of darkness and gloom, and a day of cloud and gloom, a day of the blowing of the horn and of war cries on the fortified cities and on high towers. Thus the prophet Zephaniah. Absolve Domine. Forgive, O Lord. We sing these words in the section of the mass of the dead. Whether they are popes or simple clerics, rich or poor, wise or simple, May they pass the final judgment with the help of your grace and enjoy the bliss of eternal light. Let us address this same prayer to the Divine Majesty as we celebrate the Holy Mass of Suffrage for the soul of Joseph Ratzinger, Roman Pontiff, until February 28, 2013. And as he asks for mercy towards the deceased, we entrust it to the mercy of God, who knows everything and who peers into the secret of hearts, of what he did and said during his long life. And in particular, after ascending the throne of Peter, we want to recall that providential gesture of truth and justice with which he recognized the full legitimacy of the apostolic liturgy, promulgating the motu proprio, Samorum Pontificum. The good that the liberalization of the ancient rite has done to the church will weigh in the balance of souls that we see in many depictions of the archangel St. Michael. Thanks to it, a multitude of faithful and priests, among whom we can also number ourselves, have been able to know the priceless treasure of doctrine and spirituality, which unfortunate choices had made inaccessible for 50 years. Thanks to it, a flood of graces, which no one will be able to stop, has poured out and is still pouring out today on the church and on the world. In contemplating the rubble that survived the conciliar devastation, I dare not think what the situation of the church might be without the mass of St. Pius V. Yet in the same motu proprio Samorum Pontificum, one cannot fail to notice the precarious structure adopted by the distinguished theologian Ratzinger.
the thesis of Catholic Orthodoxy and of the traditional Mass, the antithesis of the modernist heresy and of Montini's Mass, and the synthesis of Vatican II, and of the coexistence of two forms of the same rite. Unfortunately, the Delicticta Juventutis were never formally disavowed, even if the horrors of the last ten years have almost overshadowed them. We can only pray fervently that in the near future the complete restitution of the ancient rite may take place, which will put an end to the decades of abuse, manipulation, adulteration, and persecution made more ferocious in the Bergoglian era. Who can stand God's judgment if only we consider our faults? Nobody. Yet the mercy of God, who is our Father and who loves us to the point of giving his only Son for our salvation, deigns to look at the good done with greater attention than it pays to our shortcomings. It is as if, in knowing us to be weak and sinful, he was looking for all the ways to save us from eternal damnation, giving us a thousand opportunities to redeem ourselves. This applies to the least of the faithful and to the one who sits on the highest throne. The consideration of our sin should not lead us to consider ourselves destined to give in and exempt from punishment, but spur us to put all our trust in the one who gives us strength. See the letter to the Philippians, chapter 4, verse 13. Animated by this trust, Pope Benedict XVI tried in some way to repair that terrible wulnuts that one of his predecessors had caused to the ecclesial body, a wound that was healing, but that the maneuvers of the enemy and of his acolytes try to keep open, nullifying Samorum Pontificum, even in the face of the undeniable spiritual goods that it brings to souls. Indeed, precisely because of these infinite graces, because they represent the most burning defeat of the secularized and worldly spirit of the conciliar ideology. And if the Reformed Rite canceled the Dies Irae from the Requiem Mass and opposed the Alleluia, we find in the Old Mass reasons for hope and composed suffrage for the soul of a man whom the Lord wanted as his vicar. In this rite, we hear the voice of the bride imploring mercy, forgiveness, indulgence, absolution, remission. The voice of the bride who, in acknowledging the sins of her children, presents them before the Eternal Father, whom the Divine Son redeems with his own sacrifice. Therefore, may Pope Benedict's soul find the place of refreshment, light, and peace that we invoke for him in the memento of the canon. In the blessed glory of heaven, or in the purifying flames of purgatory, Pope Benedict XVI will be able to pray for us and for the whole church, finally knowing faci ad faciem, that divine truth, which earthly exile reveals only obscurely. His prayers join ours and those of the holy souls and of the heavenly court to implore the divine majesty for an end to the present tribulations, and in particular the defeat and expulsion of the sect of heretics and corrupt, which afflicts and eclipses the holy church of God. And so be it. Signed on the 5th of January, 2023, on the eve of the Epiphany of Our Lord, Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano. I'm curious what you think of that. Today was the funeral mass of, for Benedict XVI. Francis gave his, his homily, which said Benedict's name one time during the whole thing, but was otherwise generally okay. It, was, it didn't include the four last things, but it was, he stayed on script, which I think was a good thing. But what do you think if you saw if you saw or read the transcript of Francis's funeral sermon versus what you just heard from Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano? Now, in a note for those of you who might have been following on screen and notice that I skipped some sentences, those were in Latin. I am famous for my Latin being catastrophically bad, but Vigano followed them up immediately with English. 
or in this case Italian, but this was translated to English. So you got what was said in the, in the Latin there. You missed nothing of substance. I'm curious what you thought of this and what you thought of this compared to Francis's sermon today at the funeral mass for Benedict XVI. Do you generally agree with what uh, Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano here said, that the sort of the devastation of the, of the council and the conciliar era is kind of a casting long shadow over everything related to Benedict XVI? I do appreciate that he told people to pray for Benedict's soul. Remember, it is the Catholic thing to do, even if you think the person has gone straight to heaven as a saint. The graces that will come, those prayers will not be wasted. Somebody, some soul in purgatory will get them if Benedict doesn't need them because he's in heaven or in another place we won't speak of here. But I'm curious what you thought of this, so let me know what you thought of this in the comments, please. Like and subscribe if you haven't. It does help. As to sharing this on social media, that helps a lot too. And watch the other video I have for you today. There's some other good thoughts in there from key figures in the church. As always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.